Hey folks, you got to pose in the matrix here. It is the 2nd of March, 2000, or excuse me, 2020. Uh, it's an easier way to say it. And uh, we got Eric and Jim along with me here. So I'll say hi. And how you guys doing, guys? Doing great. Hey, how you doing? Ah, really good. Really good. It's always good to hear your voices on Mondays. I mean, any day, but you know, Mondays is our special day. Oh, it's our day. Yeah. To, to commune and Ooh, that doesn't sound good. It sounds like communists. To get together and just uh, run a b- bunch of things by. Um, you know, I um, we were talking before the show, folks, and, uh, you know, there there are people out there that um, uh, these these um, evil people that are out there that uh, they're, they're getting to the point where they they're coming out so blatantly in the public and they think that we're, we're they think we're a bunch of idiots and um if I've been around guns all my life, and I know you have Jim too, and you probably too, Eric, and um, I know well enough to know that when the, a gun's laying on the ground and the slide's all the way back and you can see the chamber, that it's probably empty. Um, I'm talking about uh, semi-automatic uh, pistols. And, uh, well, anyway, uh, there was a guy, and I, I got to get to this because uh, it's hilarious. I mean, his death isn't hilarious, but um, there was a whistleblower that was going to blow the whistle on, and hopefully he did already. And this is from Breaking Israel News. So uh, Israel 365, the latest news in biblical perspective. It says, whistleblower who has, was about to expose dirt on Obama found dead in alleged suicide. Okay. Um, I'm not going to delve much into the, uh, well, maybe I will. Just to, what He was 67 years old. His name was... Um, Philip Haney, um, let's see, self-inflicted gunshot wounds. He's an outspoken critic of the Obama administration, supporter of President Trump. Um, he was a Middle Eastern uh, terrorist expert. He's been combating Islamist ter- Islamic terrorism since becoming the founder of DHS in 2002. He's reportedly working on independent investigation to help protect America from its progressive leftist socialists. When he was discovered dead near his vehicle, 40 miles east of Sacramento, um, he was uh, supposed supposed to tie the knot later this year, get married, I guess. Friends who spoke to him before his disappearance on February 19th told an OQ report that he'd never been been happier, and there's no way he would have taken his own life. However, law enforcement seems to be treating it as a suicide. Um, so anyway, um, I was looking at the picture and we were talking before the show and, uh, he's got this little, uh, Fiat. We used to call them fix it again, Tony's, you know, F I A T. And because they were always in the shop when, <laughs> when I was a kid, and people had Fiat's, they were always in the shop being fixed kind of like, um, BMWs and uh, MGs anyway. Um, so it's got a picture of a, a guy, uh, in a forensic suit, you know, with a mask on taking pictures uh, it's got the, the car door open, and I guess his body had been there. There's a boot laying on the ground there. Uh, I guess that had, that had belonged to him. Um, first of all, he's outside of his car. Most people that off themselves usually do it when they're sitting right behind a steering wheel. 
Um, the fact that he was out of his car is suspicious. Like I said, the gun's laying there with the slide all the way back, like the clips emptied out. There's, uh, uh, you know, you, if you've ever watched anything on TV about criminal uh, uh, CSI stuff, um, you know that when they they find artifacts, they put they put little cards down with numbers on them, and it's usually because there's bullet casings around. And the fact that the gun's empty is kind of suspicious. That that's what these cards are for. Uh, so there's a one, three, and a four where the two is. I have absolutely no idea. But um, what's interesting, I find, is that um, uh, the gun, you, the guns like that usually um, spit out brass to, uh, out and to the right. And so the all the uh, bullet casings uh, are to the outside of the car, out and to the right, which kind of tells me that that gun belonged to somebody that killed this guy, not not him. And uh, I don't know why he got out of his car. Maybe it was a friendly person or a person he thought was friendly. But anyway, um, highly suspicious. Uh, if he did try to kill himself, he, he used at least four bullets to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, if it wasn't so tragic, I, I would be sitting here laughing my head off trying to, trying to reconcile that they're getting us to try to get us to believe that this was a suicide. But, um, actually, the guy uh, was really going to turn uh, the tables on Obama. And uh, like I said, hopefully he did. A lot of times uh, with with the um, with grand juries and stuff, he might have sat in front of a grand jury already. Uh, but what they'll do is they'll sit people down in front of a grand jury right away so that they get the testimony in case something like this happens. And especially nowadays with, uh, with the Clinton body count, it looks like Obama is going to try to... Um, do a body count too, uh, maybe try to equal or, or, or uh, exceed the uh, Clinton body count. Um, but anyway, it's, I don't know, folks, I don't know about you guys, but if I, if I had secrets like this first, I wouldn't be telling everybody about it. Okay. And I would have it on about 15 different uh, discs sent to 15 different people, uh, notarized and everything else. And, um, you know, I, I would just have my ducks in a row, and and perhaps he did something like this. Perhaps he has already talked with the authorities, and they have his sworn testimony or whatever. And perhaps the, uh, you know, this will go against Obama when they open up Obama's um, sealed indictment. And um, there was a guy on TV the other night, the other night, guys, and he was talking about what it takes, you know, what the process is for a sealed indictment, and. Uh, this isn't just a please come to court thing. This is a, hey, we've got all this evidence against you. You're going to come to court now, and you're going to be tried right now. And he explained that the reason why they're not uh, opening up just one of them right now is because you don't want to tip off other people so that they're going to flee the country. Uh, according to him, they're going to they're going to serve all, whatever it is, 70,000 or 125,000 sealed indictments on the same day. And, uh, boy, is that going to be a... Uh, remember that song when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. <laughs> mm-hmm. When we all see the subpoenas, we'll sing and shout the victory. Um, anyway, so it's going to be a quite a day when that happens. And um, well, you know that guy. I mean, you know he he shot himself like three times and he still wasn't dying. So he says, "Well, gosh, I guess I just empty the clip, you know." And maybe he had it on auto or something, you know. I mean, it's just. <laughs> You believe that? I got some Arizona oceanfront property for sale. Come on down. 
Yeah. I, well, you know, what I find suspicious is that there's a boot right, right underneath the door. Yeah. Okay, or a shoe. So, and the and the bullet shells are are to the right. No, uh, none of none of the information adds up. It's just it, that's insane that anybody would even try stupid enough to try to explain that away. It, well, you know, well, they, it does work, though, doesn't it? Right, it's it, California, it, and they hate they hate Trump, and they're all pro Obama. So when when Obama was president, um, the the slaughter, even though the guy's yelling Allah Akbar, the slaughter was workshop, uh, you know, at uh, what was it, Fort? Uh, oh gosh, what what fort was it in Texas? You know where um, where all the uh, oh, soldiers yeah, were yeah, killed, yeah. but it was workshop violence. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy's yelling Allah Akbar as he's blowing these people away. I mean, yeah. So you know, if if he can get away with it then, I guess he's still capable of getting away with a lot of kind of stuff now. Well, sort of. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. I think um, personally, I think he's destined to become the Secretary General of the United Nations, so that it, if ultimately, after this reset and everything, it's going to be. U.S. versus U.N., and he's going to be the secretary general of the U.N. He'll be leading the way. So he may get uh, some jail, but he'll find a sneaky, tricky way to, to get out and leave the country, and he'll probably go to the plains of Shinar, back where, you know, the original um, um, – oh, gosh. When, uh, well, back where the original United Nations existed as the Tower of Babel. Right. So they'll just turn back to that place, relocate their headquarters there, and he'll be the head guy. And and uh, boy, if he just knew, he's you know, he's going to be thrown into some facsimile of a, a lake of fire. So yeah. him and the, the uh, Pope, Arnold Domino, uh, please forgive me, everybody, for saying that. But you know what? I mean, you guys are saying well, that he. I don't. He I don't. I don't know if he's going to make the lake of fire. He's he's sick right now. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave sent. Dave posted something about um, uh, the word is is he's got the virus, but I don't know. Well, that's it's a possibility. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you know when you. Well, that's what I mean. You know, the 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 future has already been written. But we don't know all the details on it, so we have to really be open to see how the Lord is in control and how he's going to play everything out. So that's what I mean. For stuff that hasn't happened yet, we just need to remain flexible and open. Um, I think the healthiest thing to do, especially there's all kinds of new information coming across the board now. How do we process it? How do we deal with it? This is what I think one of the emphasis on our show is what we need to start addressing and i i think we've done a good job of doing that so far we need to just continue what we're doing because um things have changed from you know um back in the days when we first started opposing the matrix things have changed people realize now we really are at the end of the end so now they want more practical hands-on how do i what do i do how do i do this um we're not ready i'm not even i mean i thought i was so well equipped and prepared for the uh, coronavirus, but you know this little episode tonight with with uh, getting a shipment from China. I mean, I just was blowing it left and right. I scrubbed everything down and went to a fanatical point of of scrubbing everything down. But you know, 
it, I didn't do it out of fear for me. I did it for fear of passerbys, people that are unprotected that would come and maybe even grab a handle on my thing. And, you know, my body, my place of, uh, as a museum is a place of life, not death. I'm not going to allow Satan to trespass it and turn it into something that's opposite of what God intended it to be. So it's just not going to happen. I have faith for me. I have faith for anybody that comes into my place. Everybody else, hey, man, you're on your own, you know, and I don't want to see you being uh, – an innocent victim. So I'm going to do what I can to make sure that I had nothing to do with any of it. So, I mean, scrubbing down the bricks, the sidewalk, my shoes. I mean, I just went banana nuts crazy, just hosed everything down. Um, but I'm glad I did. I don't feel bad for it. I feel it's, that's the right thing to do. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm feeling good now. I did everything I can. So nobody's going to touch my door, walk down my sidewalk and, and die because of it. There you go. That's right. You're you're looking out for everybody, not just yourself. Yeah. That's that's the way to be. I don't have to worry about me. I mean, it doesn't give me license to be an idiot, but it means I take care of me the best I can, put legs on my own prayers, be responsible um, for living circumspectly as the Bible tells me to do, but or circumspectly rather. And and uh, what I'm not capable of doing, God's got me covered. I got certain things I still have to do that I haven't done yet. So obviously God's going to keep me supernaturally alive to make sure that it gets done. Right. Um, so I, you know, I default to my good old uh, alter ego guy, uh, Albert E. Newman. What, me worry? I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything. And neither does anybody putting their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Hey, um, I got something to share with you guys. Um, and it's it's sort of related because the the personages we're going to talk about here is the one that's probably responsible for for uh, helping the people in the lab that created this uh, this disease, um, namely Satan or Lucifer. Um, I was talking with Ralph Emerson last night. We we a lot of times we have these late night chats, mm -hmm. and uh, he he was uh, kind of suspicious that. Uh, in Isaiah 14, I think it's the 12th chapter, verse, the 12th verse. It talks about uh, Lucifer. Um, I can't remember the, how it how it says it now. Um, but he goes, he goes. Lucifer is a it comes from Lucis, and it's a Latin word. So what's it doing in the Bible? What's it doing in the English Bible that was taken from the Greek? And I went, you know, that is a really good question. I said, so we, we did a little Bible study. I mean, you know. 10 minutes maybe. And uh, so I, if you look at the Blue Letter Bible, you know, blueletterbible.org, um, you can look at different versions. So I went to, you know, Isaiah 14, 12, and, and I looked it up in the Septuagint. Well, the Septuagint is written in Greek, and I don't know Greek. It's all Greek to me, right? So I'm going down the, uh, the list in this, and, um, you know, it's got all the Greek words. Um, I'm not even going to try to say them um, and then you go down and it, there's a word that says not available you know how it usually has a, a G number for uh, for the Greek and uh, in the right, for the, they'll have it italicized it but, um, King James to let you know that there's no actual word to word alliteration on that yeah well it's, there's no um, there's no italicizing the King James on that scripture in the, in, the, hmm. in the Bible itself and then if you go to look at the word it says not available uh, you know, the word above it has G3588, the word below it has the same thing, and then the word below it has G4404, but this is not available. So I said, how am I going to figure this out? So what I did is I highlighted it, and I went to Google Translate, 
And I says, well, I'm going to take a chance because maybe this word in the original Greek is the same as in the uh, in the ancient Greek, you know, because um, a lot a lot of Greek words are. So I went to Google Translate and I plugged it into as Greek as the original language and English has a you know being transferred to English, and I put that word in there and it's Lucifer. And but I looked at the word as it's pronounced as there's a transliteration of it under the Greek, and the word is es, es, esophoros. Or, um, well, esophoros. And, and if you go to this, you know, you can click on Spanish and it's phosphoro. Now, isn't that interesting? What's phosphoro remind you? Phosphorus. Phosphorus. Yeah, phosphorus. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then you go to that same scripture and you just go to the King James and you look up Lucifer and it says light bearer. And we know that, uh, it's actually the word is halal. Um, it's not, um, the word that we uh, often associate with the the one that we find in the garden, you know, the uh, the serpent. It's a different right. word. It's Hillel, and uh, it means Lucifer equals light bearer, shining one, morning star, Lucifer, of the king of Babylon and Satan, Hillel describing the king of Babylon. So, and then I told, because Ralph uh, doesn't believe in UFOs, and uh, that just kind of blows my mind, but, you know, maybe he just hasn't learned yet. But anyway, um, so we were talking about that, you know, and I and I said, that's awful interesting. I said, because a lot of people that have had encounters with uh, supposed alien beings said that they have like a greenish phosphorus glow around them. And uh, he goes, oh, really? And I said, yeah, it's it's, it's true. It's, it's a known fact, you know. So, um, but it just goes to show you, and what, what I shared this for, and hopefully it'll lead into tonight, what, what we're going to talk about, is that you can't just always take what you read at face value, you have exactly. to dig deeper. You have to dig deeper. Um, if you're looking for gold, you don't look on the top of the ground. You get yourself a metal detector, and then you find something, a signal or a signature, and then you dig. And that's when you find the gold. Right. Um, so I said that to say this, is that, you know, the surface rendering of the scripture, it's okay to take it literal, Okay. In this case, it did mean Lucifer, okay? But I dug deeper, and, you know, we found out it's from the Greek for word for phosphorus, which means shining. And I, did, I turned out a whole thing by Mike Kaiser that talks about in the garden. It was, um, uh, what is it, uh, Nakash. Nakash, yeah. Yeah, which actually means uh, briny, bright, shining, upright creature. Um, and, and Mike's uh, surmises that, you know, he... Being that he is the personage who he is, he is able to uh, trans uh, for himself transform himself in any thing he wanted to, including a snake if he wanted to. Um, so anyway, it's it's real interesting, you know. And boy, I'll tell you, you go down this one rabbit hole, and man, it just keeps branching off and further and further and further, and you can really uh, come out of one little word with a wealth wealth of information. And and I noticed uh, that when uh, Jim, Jim and I and, and Eric talked last week about um, uh, a very controversial subject. Uh, is Trump a time traveler? And um, we, Jim got challenged by somebody. And I'll let him tell the story. He could tell it better if he, if he chooses to. Um, the guy was very brass and everything, and or brash maybe is a better word. And it um, it just it was bothersome and stuff like that, and we tried to encourage him that uh, you know he needs to dig deeper, and uh, just wouldn't take that um, that advice, 
you know. Well, he's just kind of claiming it was extra biblical, and so anything that's not mentioned in the Bible um, should be ignored. And I said, but I just showed you it is in the Bible. The mechanics are there for the science behind it, and there is a type and shadow representation that, according to under a, a dual a rule of duplicity, it is like something that is going to happen in the latter days. I said, it's all there. He says, no, and he reiterates. I said, will you please look at the last comment you made and look just above that. I clearly, in plain, simple English, explain to you what the answer is. You're just so busy waving your sword at my throat, wanting to, to slice and dice me up, that you're just thinking and concerning on your next defensive uh, proof of how I'm wrong. You're not even listening. The answer's right there to your own right. question. Right. I said, it's obvious you never looked at the whole process because I said, I'm nailing it, aren't I? You are a fundamentalist that has been told that all these things in the supernatural are of the devil. They're not real. Mm -hmm. And so you're simply fighting everything with your own intellect, just like Simon did against, you know, he, he's looking with his intellect, looking at the procedure that the disciples were doing, casting demons out. So he just went up to copy the same thing on his intellect only. And mm -hmm. it didn't work out too well for Simon, did it? No, I mean, it didn't. He got up, beat up pretty bad. Yeah, he says, you know, he, he did everything exactly the way the, um, the disciples did. But the problem is he didn't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because he was not connected to God. He's an outsider trying to look in and trying to uh, do this from his intellect only. And a fundamentalist being told that these things had ended in the first century and they don't exist anymore, fighting with their little limited edition gospel, they're going to get beat up just like Simon did. Yeah. And you know, there was a time and I, you know, I thank God that I had my fundamentalist background, which told me that every experience I have has to be rightly divided according to the word of God. And so it didn't take me long to look at the rightly divided word of God part and say, oh, you know what? The gifts are still here for today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Right. Oh, and so, it, it, like I said, it didn't take long for me to be able to put that up. Thank you, guys. You're the ones that helped me lead the way. And for many, many years, I never made it an issue. But now, we're this is crunch time. We're at the right. end of the end of the last days. Um, we have to have everything that God is willing to give us to fight the enemy because he's throwing – he's pulling all stops. He's throwing everything he has at us. So how does it not make sense that – we are going to be given everything that God has for us. So if we're going to sit here and be hung up on our own dogma, which is a bunch of man-made twisting crap. I mean, here's these people that say they uh, believe that the word of God is in high esteem, but yet they refuse to look at it and broaden their understandings to realize that they need more and they don't have more. So you know what? It's like I can't do anything except try to be and show you how this is something you need. Now, when you have this doctrine that's been pounded into you, they're looking at it fearful because from their point, they're, they're being told by their false doctrines that this is part of the movement of wickedness that is using signs and wonders to seduce everybody. Oh my gosh, these Pentecostal Christians are actually the ultimate apostates. They're the ones that the Bible's describing. So they're doing the work of the devil and, and getting everybody away from the word of God. No, you're twisting all the scriptures to make it prove and support what it does not prove and support. 
about this whole thing. If you looked at it logically, if you looked at it scripturally in proper context, everything you're saying is wrong. When we behold him face to face, not talking about the Bible. We're talking about when we're outside of time, beholding Jesus face to face in front of him. Then we know even as we are known. That's not the Bible. All it says tongues will cease. And, and they, so they got to cease. They, they did it, you know, years ago. Uh, no. In the first century Christian, the cloven tongues of fire, like Eric says, you know, is there a port in Sir Jim? Oh, boy, oh, boy, Eric, I'm glad you pointed me in that direction because I found out, yes, there's a very important thing there. Uh, the Bible says, and these are the signs that believe, that follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. They will speak with new tongues. They will um, cast demons out, my name, and they will lift up the whole snake thing as giving a discernment, understanding, and knowing the difference between a uh, person acting like a snake or a snake. I mean, that to is totally different, and it means that you can pick up a snake and, and uh, don't have to worry about its poison killing you or anything. That's, that's just kind of silly. But then that's where, you know, some of the simplicity of following a surface running without digging deeper, that's the kind of craziness that it's going to lead you to. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just there's no tolerance anymore for a limited edition gospel. You're going to get somebody killed or hurt by your stupidity and by your, you, you want to be a Balaam donkey? You know, I mean, it's a free world. You can be. That's fine. Go be a Balaam donkey somewhere else, not around me. I don't need my family, um, my loved ones being hurt or killed because of your uh, willful ignorance. And that's what it really comes down to. It's willful ignorance. When people can show you the word of God does say this, rightly divided, and you don't want to believe it because you got too much invested in or, or too fearful of um your doctrines, and you're going to hold doctrine to separate you from hearing the truth, right. then you know what? That's why we have to have a reset. That's why we have to have um, this whole readjustment so that you can get this stuff shaken away. As Peter said, there's a great shaking away in the third chapter of uh, uh, Second Peter. Or is it first? first Peter, I'm sorry. First Peter, third chapter, clearly shows us that that there is going to be a shaking up so that everything that is not founded on a word, man-made doctrine, is going to fall apart and be revealed for what it is. And only the things that are on a sound, solid foundation are going to survive. So we need that. This is God's act of mercy upon fundamentalists, upon Pentecostals. I mean, both camps have part of a truth and part of a non-truth. That's why um, Eric, uh, Dave, me, you know what I find interesting? The first people that broke ground from a biblical perspective of the whole UFO alien topic, Nephilims and, and all this stuff, uh, the uh, Genesis 6 paradigm, do you realize that all of them were basically Calvinists? Mm -hmm. Because right. it wasn't a big jump for them, because they already understood that there was two literal seeds, one of the serpent, one of God's. So that was an easy uh, uh, way for them to accept this reality now for the for the Arminianist, it's impossible because they say one is spiritual one is physical no both of them are physical i will put enmity against thy seed and the seed of the woman enmity means a natural hatred so that was important safety for our sakes so there could be no compromise like that so that if you are truly something that is uh, of the uh, satan's seed they're going to hate they're not going to it doesn't care they don't care about any where they stand with God. That's the last thing in the world. Matter of fact, they're going to be hostile for you in mentioning it. They're going to be against it. But then Satan's lies can make a person who is of that seed 
be so adamantly against it that you would think, oh, you know, they're not. So my point in all that is to say that we don't know who is and who isn't. We can assume by outer packages only God knows the hearts of men. So we let God be God, do the opposite of what the, the T-shirts say, kill them all and let God sort them out. Pray for them all and let God sort them out. Believe right. the best for every person and let God sort them out. And then I've heard one time uh, a very famous watchman say, but but Jim, if they do that, they'll infiltrate the church. I said, but blankety blank, guess what? They do. Look they what have. We, yeah. Look at Jude 6. They're going to. It's part of destiny. It's part of what has to happen. Mm-hmm. This is what, you know, let's go further down the book. I mean, as long as we're looking at the book, let's look at Revelation 19. Hey, guess what? We win, they lose. They right. just don't realize it yet. But unfortunately, us Christians don't realize the battle's already been won. We just have an active participant and a role to play in it. And, you know, our role can be diminished if we get stupid and act like a Balaam's donkey. Or right. if we are teachable and can learn and grow, we're going to be all that God wants us to be in his army. And we'll finish everything the way we were, uh, where it was meant to be in the first place. But we can change our role. We can be a Balaam's donkey. You can die early. I mean, it happened, you know, it happens all the time. And um, that's where the part, be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that also shall he reap. Do you realize that what you reap is going to be for eternity, too? It doesn't mean you're going to go to hell, but it means you're going to, some people are going to scrub the streets of gold. Some people are going to be walking on it, going into the inner sanctum with the Lord. And how about you? But, you know, I've, I've invested too much, and I've lived my entire life in the back 40 in this world. So I'm putting my treasures in where I really belong, in heaven. Because I'm hoping I want to be on the inner circle there. The payoff, you know, by by just obedience uh, and and a willingness to follow the Lord, uh, man, the benefits are out of this world, literally. So that's what I'm putting my investment on. That's what any of us should be willing to do. And God in his mercy is causing this huge disruption that we're going to experience sometime this year. And I'm not going to try to translate out. And and Jim Wilson isn't saying he's predicting, you know, the, the rapture or anything else. Just that there's a trigger mechanism that's going to start everything in motion this year. So it'll be interesting to see before November what kind of a um, election we're going to have, what kind of a world we're going to be living in. I think things are going to be drastically changed. And it's God's mercy reaching out to his children to get all on the same page to be unified. And a unity not at the expense of, of compromising our faith or beliefs, but a unity that is truly, truly united. Um, you know, it's funny. I see in Detroit, God moving uh, in a mighty way. And I see, um, we seem to have race down pretty good. We seem to have everything, uh, you know, culture, um, status, uh, position. But you know the hardest thing to integrate still? Theology. Yeah. And denominationalism. That's still, that's the tough nut to crack. Because we've just got too much to overcome. But here's the other thought, man. I, and you know, it's, this is really something for thought. While it seems the conflict right now is between the baby boomers and the millennials. Right. Millennials blaming the baby boomers. Baby boomers looking at millennials as like they're total airheads. So meanwhile, while they're fighting each other, all Baby boomers are retired now. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So during all this infighting, who has taken over? Who are now the senior people in every aspect of our society? Mm-hmm. Gen X. 
Right. Nobody saw it coming. They are spitting all the senior positions now. Why? Because the boomers are retired. They're out of the picture. Right. And who are the new um, young kids being hired in mass to be the young impressionable ones that they that the Gen X can shape, mold, and form? Millennials. Millennials. You know, in in the book of Hosea, Mm -hmm. in in Hosea's time, there was three children that he had. They represented three generations of digression. First was uh, the first generation's name meant rebellion. The second meant no moral compass. That represents the Gen X. The third is the worst of all. It says, you are not my people. I am not your God. They have become so far away from everything of a prior knowledge or trained up and grown up in the way of the Lord that the majority of that, that generation doesn't even know God and God doesn't even know them. How sad is that? Right. So this is, this is the third, three generations of digression. Now in Hosea's time, from the time that God had first, you know, brought these three children into existence in the time that the, um, that the middle had taken over main rulership, and the time when the younger started in as the young interns is when they got were taken into captivity. Mm-hmm. So a rule of duplicity, man. The same thing's happening again. Nothing's new under the sun. It's happened before. This was a type and shadow example of what gonna, is going to be replayed in our day. The same right. situation. We are going to be, you know, called into justice for our sins. You can't be a massive murder and baby killing machine more effective than any other country in the world uh, and promote this and think that as a nation, we're not going to be judged for it. We are. Mm-hmm. Now, again, Christians are not going to be judged for this. This wasn't our war to fight. This was our war to, to um, win. It was our war to overcome and to do our active part and we'll be judged accordingly as a nation. People are going down. We don't have to, again, worry about it if we're putting our trust and faith in the Lord. We do what we can do, and and not because we think there's going to be any good outcome, just because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing not to support a political party that has an agenda for mass extermination of babies. Period. Right. Yeah. I don't. You can try to, as a Christian, to justify anything in any other way. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm not real popular uh, in my lack of promotion for people that take cannabis sativa. I'm not talking about cannabis oil. It doesn't have any THC in it. But if you're taking THC, you're a you're a dumb, blasted. Um, uh, you're being a Balaam's donkey is what you're being. Right. The Bible warns us to be sober and vigilant, especially mm-hmm. in these last days. How can you tell me how you're going to be sober and good? Oh, you, you know, well, I'm not a sloppy drunk or anything. I'm just, you know, I feel good. Yeah, it's nature's way of saying hi. No, it's Satan's way of saying hi. Hi, let me destroy you. Just sit back and relax, man. It's okay. It's cool. Just be cool, man. Yeah. yeah, no, that that doesn't work. It just, it doesn't hold up to biblical scrutiny. I don't have, care how glorious you can make this sound like it's new ultimate healing thing. If it's got uh, um, THC in it, you're not obeying the word of God. Right, right. So it's like the devil. It's like saying the, the devil saying, "Hey, I stand at the door and knock, and that, he, you know, he opens up to me. Well, you know, I will come into him and dwell with him. and dwell with him, and he with me. And yeah. that's your little DMT shot." for the day you know i'd rather be flicking a switch uh, i mean i'd rather let god flick that dmt switch and get his dose that actually does work in my body the way it was intended to because god is flicking a switch not me i flick it i'm in an act of rebellion 
that DMT is flowing, but it's not flowing by God. It's flowing by every little demonic entity that uh, can go around and rob, kill, and destroy mm-hmm. because you are flicking the switch yourself, which is an act of rebellion. You don't do that. It's like DMT, the pineal gland, the pine cone, whatever you want to call it, um, that is like a gun. A gun is just, you know, it represents cool. the physics and the structure but it's how you use what you use. And there's a certain instruction book that says what to do and what not to do. So it can be an object of life or death. Mm-hmm. And the same with the DMT. You go flick and switch yourself, it's an object of death. You let God flick the switch, it's an object of life and healing. So there's no other way around it. There's no shortcuts. There's no easy, quick fix. That's the other thing. The, you know, the younger generations want an easier, quicker, fixer, upper, uh, an excuse for unaccountability or an excuse for some special privilege. Uh, it doesn't work that way. It never has. It never will. Right. Right. Wow. That's so amazing. I, you I'm know, done. I had a laugh because I, 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 you know, I was talking to you about this the other day, but I, you know, just, just, uh, I'm finishing up a class, the story of Christianity. I'm taking, I went back to school and, um, it's from uh, like right after the apostles all the way through the medieval period and it started the Reformation. And because I was I was thinking about how messed up some of the doctrines are in the church today. You know, you got the NAR and all the little facets that belong to NAR. Um, you got uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. You got the Mormons. You got a whole bunch of different people that um, that cling on to strange beliefs that are not biblical. And I'm like, wow, you know, I. I, I always found myself wishing that I lived back in the time of the early church fathers, I said, because they really had their act together. <laughs> and I'm like, I was reading this, this whole book and I'm like, oh my goodness, th- there was more problems back then than there are now. You know, I mean, there was one sect that believed that, you know, that, uh, Jesus was, uh, was not divine and that he got his divinity later on. And, and that's the same thing as Jehovah's Witness, basically, when you think about it, right? Um, another group believed that uh, Jesus was created by the Father, that he had uh, that he had a beginning in time, and that uh, the title Son of God was a courtesy one. There's another group that I thought was very interesting and but bizarre that believed that uh, that uh, uh, the God El or Elohim and Yahweh were two different gods. That Yahweh is the God of the Old Testament, and that He created the heavens and the earth against the will of the Father. Who just wanted to have a spiritual existence with his with his creation, and that um, that Jesus had to die as a penalty for creating <laughs> for creating the heavens and the earth. Um, yeah, that's almost a take from the Euritania um, book. Yeah, so maybe the Euritania book isn't as new as people think that that it is. You know, no, it's still the old lie exactly. It yeah. had a different spin just to make to make the uh, to make Satan look like the liberator and God the suppressor. Right, right. But the interesting is that thing is that they always had to have these councils. You hear about the Nicene Council where you get the Nicene Creed and um, and all these things, and 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 it was always because there had to be a, 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 a the, the ship had gotten sort of so to speak off course, and they they needed to put the ship back on course, so to speak, and. Uh, but and that was good early on, but then later on the councils got kind of weird, you know. What was that one? Um, oh, uh, oh yeah. Then there, there was a council that that uh, actually 
that actually uh, um, started up uh, the doctrine of that it's okay to worship idols and that uh, and transubstantiation, which is the body and blood of Christ, actually becoming the body and blood of Christ. Oh, that was that unholy Roman Empire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah the whole nine yards. But and it's like, yeah, the church from the day it started till the, you know, even with Peter and Paul, you know. Uh, oh, same as it ever was, huh? Yeah, 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 same <laughs> as it ever was. And it's, uh, it's, um, and, you know, you and I were talking the other day, and um, it's, it's like, like Ecclesiastes says, you know, it says that it just doesn't say that history is going to repeat itself and that man's going to make bad choices. But the the, the vernacular of the scripture in, in Ecclesiastes says that man is destined to make bad choices. In other words, it's decreed that man will make bad choices and make them over and over and over again. You know, and that's that's kind of scary. And I. And that's why the Bible says to show yourself approved, you know, and I know that there are other meanings to that, you know, but if you don't get into your word and study it, you're going to make the same mistakes that people made in the past. And, but if you're constantly reading his word and you see the mistakes that people made in their past, you can hopefully not make them, you know, or if you're starting to make them, notice it right away and and not continue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but there's a lot of people, maybe even listening, that you know you've read the Bible once or twice, maybe 20 years ago or something, and it sits on your shelf now, probably has dust on it. And no, that thing's got to come down now. You know, mine probably has dust on it too because I get online and I use the Bible online. But <laughs> um, you know, uh, Blue Letter Bible or Bible Gateway or something like that. But um, still, you know, we need to be in it day and night, night and day. You know, and looking for things like the word for Lucifer, uh, what does it really mean? You know, where did it come from? You know, is it uh, what being is it talking about? And and it's it's just amazing the 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 depths of the of the scriptures are so deep that you and so high that you would never be able to reach the top, never be able to reach the bottom. You know, it's uh, you could look at one word and you could study one word for five or six years and still not get all the stuff that you're trying to to learn out of it. You know, so, um, man, I exhort everybody, you know, stay in your word, for goodness sake, stay in the word and, and keep studying and and ask for divine um, Holy Spirit uh, interpretation, not your own, because you, you can read the Bible a thousand times and get your own per, um Interpretation, but I know I'm getting kind of um, to an antithesis here toward the end. But I don't want—it's not the end, and I don't want to go too far into that. But um, so, Jim, um, are we finished talking about what happened online uh, with that the writer, or, or or is there anything else left to it before we move on? No, I, I think you know the thing is that we need to realize. Or let our audience know that you know we changed gears, and there's a reason why we changed gears. And our intent all the time was to fill in gaps where nobody else was addressing, you know, different aspects. Now everybody's addressing the basic physical uh, manifestations, the basic physical situation that we're faced with in the way of Nephilim, in the way of, you know, just the whole Genesis 6 paradigm. Basically, anything supernatural or paranormal, whether it be Bigfoot, orbs, ghosts, you know, you name it, go something in the dark, you know, we address it. Now, in the past, we 
were basically pioneers from a biblical perspective on it, and there wasn't that much information out there. So we emphasized the physical as much as everything else. Now, you know, this is like uh, second, third generation of uh, people that are involved. Hello? I'm sorry. Yeah, I had to mute. I was coughing. Um, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> In, involved in um, the investigation. So there's plenty of information out there. So too many people, unfortunately, become junkies for the supernatural paranormal. They just can't get enough. They want to hear the same old story from 25 different variations and, you know, and, and stuff and more, 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 more. Well, it's like it goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of – and now there's a lot of good sound stuff that um, especially younger generations have done further research and, and expounded more on maybe the basic breakground, the groundbreaking things that we did. Um, but there's still an area that nobody's doing. And that is, you know, this is the end of the end. So people are wanting more hands-on practical application. If this is going to happen, I'm afraid. Why am I afraid? How can I not be afraid? What do I do? What do I do if this, you know, what do I do in preparation? What are the common sense things I need to do? What are the spiritual things? I, how do I need to think about this? How does that line up with the word? I don't have the peace that I'm supposed to have that you say I'm supposed to have. So how do I get that? So these are the practical things. Now, the reason why, and this is only theory and idea. I don't know because I don't have a lot of dialogue with any of these other so-called watchmen anymore. I'm too busy taking care of what I got to do. And, um, and I, it's not that I'm snobby or an isolationist. I am just too busy doing what God has called me to do, to have time for a lot of other things. People send me all kinds of cool stuff. Sometimes I get a chance to actually look at some of it. Most of the time I don't because the first thing in the morning, I'm spending an hour and a half, two hours, just answering my instant messages on Facebook. And please keep sending them in because sometimes you send me some really good stuff that I need to be aware of that I'm too busy to actually be aware of. So I appreciate all of it. But don't be offended if I don't get around to it. And these things that include if you pass this around, you love me. And if you don't, then you, you know, God, you know, I don't I don't send any of that around. I am just anyway. way too busy. Yeah, this blessing cursing crap. No, you don't. You don't even a Christian shouldn't even get involved in. It. And I know some of you that was blessed, you know, by it. You're not looking at it, you know, with any kind of evil ulterior motive. But that's that's a sneaky way that the devil just, you know, passes on chain letter stuff that um, really look at it and examine is is the heart of God in this. If it has any kind of if you don't do this, then you're ashamed. No, I'm not. I just don't have time for this kind of silliness. Um, and that's what it is. And I know that most people pass it on, not because they think it's silly. It touched them in some special way, and they just want to pass it on. But that's where we need more discernment. we got to look at things a little bit more realistic. We're in the last of the last days. So, I mean, I go through all of this stuff. I have to prioritize you know, things. Some people are asking some very serious questions because they're very seriously disturbed or upset. That's why I'm here. That's my ministry. That's what I um, put as a number one top priority. People are just asking questions because they're curious. You know, I, I want to answer your questions, but I have to take those that are being emotionally upset by all of this for bad theology or whatever. They come first. They have to come first. Emails, the same thing. My gosh, it takes me an hour just to filter through everything. And, and a lot of it is just, you know, 
advertisement and stuff like that. Even in my spam folder, I go through everything just in case something that snuck out that was important. And every now and then I get something important. So I got to check everything there too. Um, I try to be as diligent as I can, but at the same time, I can't be everywhere for everyone all the time. And now it's time for each one of us to put our big boy, big girl pants on and start learning how to feed ourselves, learning how to be the leader, not the follower. Don't coast and depend on others to tell you anything. Start learning how to do things yourself. This is where God wants all to take us all to that step, because this is part of the process of being the manifestation of the sons of God in these last days. God wants to equip us fully in every way so that no man has to teach you. But that's a process. It's a learning process. It's a you know trial and error process um, that's not being taught even in our institutions. Again, it, it defaults too much on intellectualism and not letting God's spirit flow through you to do what you're not able to do yourself. Even the interpretation of some major scriptures. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Oh, uh, a workman that uh, needs not be ashamed. You know, the words in the heat in the Greek there are saying way different things than what we are. We have actually reduced this down to an intellectual experience. Um, show yourself to be approved to God so that God's going to be happy. Make sure you have good answers so you don't look stupid. So the more you know about the word of God, the more you can give an answer, the better God, you know, is sitting there applauding and saying, Good boy, good boy. You, you didn't look stupid. You look good. No, you know what? When you go back to the Greek words, it means make your, uh, you know, make yourself approved unto God. Means literally make yourself usable to God. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a whole. That's experiential. That's not. That's relational. That's not intellectual. You're not memorizing a bunch of scripture. All of that is part of it and very an important part of it. But that's not it. In order to make yourself useful to God, one of the first major epiphanies that every individual has to happen is get learn how to get yourself out of the way. You learn how to get yourself out of the way. That's the key first step. Now God can start making you useful because you're getting yourself out of the way. You're allowing God to work through you by the power of his Holy Spirit in the supernatural gifts to perform the manifestation of the sons of God, to be that active person bringing in the kingdom to the individuals. So, and it's confirmed by the other scripture, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Doesn't mean that you have to have answers. It means ashamed actually means three different Greek words there that means that word in its contextual use. It means to be without hope, to be without um, a firm foundation, to have the confidence to exercise the authority God has given us as children of God. Wow. That's a big difference. Yeah, it is. And those are the three things we need right now in this hour, in this time. We need to be the manifestation of the sons of God. How do we do that? By knowing him personally so that he gives us his promises. We begin to stand on them and we see them work. And we can bring the kingdom to people. Where it says to contend for the faith. Paul's saying, I I pray that you contend for the faith. Now, again, we look at that in the English and we put it down and reduce it to the idea that, oh, we got to debate and 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 prove. Fight, Fight for the faith. Yeah, yeah. debate. And we got to we got to um, have debates. Man, that is right from the pits of hell. 
Contend for the faith means bring the kingdom personally to them. You lay hands on them, they are healed. You command demons out of them, they are healed. You, you know, uh, speak with new tongues is a sign of those that believe. I mean, these are the supernatural full gifts of the gift of the spirit. And the least of all gifts is the gateway to all the other gifts. The, the most silliest thing in this world is to get over the intellectual idea that that is actually meaning anything. And yet it is. It's separating. It is making a separation from the left to the right side of the brain. It's put it in neutrality because your logic and your imagination are what interfere with you hearing clearly from God. So you're speaking in tongues, and then that is putting that in neutrality so that you wait and you can hear back the interpretation. Right. And now you have a clear path instantly where you talk to God, he talks back to you. Mm -hmm. He talks back to you through the Holy Spirit in the utilization of all the gifts that are here for us today. Right. And we are to walk more and more in that kind of power. We have confidence. We have a, 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 a confidence and an assurance. We have a solid base that we are immovable upon. And then the comp, and then finally, ultimately, the confidence to stand on those promises to do and be who we're supposed to be. Man, that that is what we all need, and that's why you know I'm I as much as I want to reach out to the fundamentalist, it's like in this if you don't get it now, you're going to get it hopefully in the reset because there's not going to be any shaded gray area to hide in your indifference or your fears or your anger. Right. Uh, Right. All your doctors are going to be found out for what they are, a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, I learned a long time ago, Jim, that well, I, I think I learned because every once in a while I catch myself making the same mistake. But um, it, it's human nature to want to, uh, when you get shoved, to shove right back. And, yeah. you know, it, it's just human nature. It's called flight or fight, you know. And um, so there's been a, several times where, you know, somebody's pushed and I've, I've, I've written something, and I said, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this for a day uh, or maybe two or three or whatever, however long it takes because I want to make sure this this is a pretty critical thing here and a person's salvation, not salvation because we're safe. Once we're safe, we're always safe. But their, their walk with the Lord or, or their, um, you know, uh, their possible walk with the Lord if they don't know him could be affected by, by the wrong answer. You know, and, and so um, I found that, you know, holding on, writing something and holding it on onto it for a day or two, um, a lot of times I'll think about it and I'll go, nah, you know what, that that was said out of brashness and I shouldn't have said it. So uh, I'm not going to send it or, you know, I'll be directed to change it to a certain, a different tone and things like that. And, and, and it works out really well, you know. What does that scripture be uh, quick to listen but slow to speak? You know, and that's that's a very wise thing that Scripture talks talks or teaches us to do. Excuse me. Um, and a soft answer turns away wrath too is another one. You know, it's uh, a lot of things. <laughs> I, and I don't know if I told it here, or if I told it on on the show with Ralph, but you know, I've I've found myself more times in my in my profession that I'm in now when I have to answer a code because <laughs> I'm I'm getting to be an older guy, and a lot of times I don't step right in there and. and take down people because you know I'm, I'm older and I, it's easier to get hurt well anyway 
but I'll sit in the background. There'll, there'll be a, a, a guy that's a raving maniac at the time, yelling and screaming, saying he's going to kill all the staff and everything else. And I just sit back there and I pray. And I said, Lord, you know, just take that guy's spirit and talk to him, Lord. Just if, the, if it's demons talking, I suppress them now in the name of Jesus. You know, calm, calm this guy down. And he goes from, from a murderous, you know, yelling to a softer yelling to a loud talk to a medium talk, to a low talk, to, okay, I'll walk to the quiet room now and, and I'll, I'll just sit in there and think about, you know, everything that's been going on. And I've seen that happen more times, you know, it, it's just amazing. Uh, and it proves to me that, uh, you know, that, uh, that all kinds of altercations are spiritual. You know, it, it's not just a, a, a demon possession, but, you know, it could be a, a guy that's just having a bad day. You know, maybe he just, uh, maybe in the morning he had a fight with his wife and then he went to work that day and work turned out to be a real storm and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he gets to the store and he, he's mad. He's angry, you know, it's, and instead of saying, Hey, why don't you just chill out and, and go outside or something? Say, man, you, you had a bad day, huh? You know, oh yeah, I had a terrible day, man. Mm-hmm. It's this, this jerk is, oh, and he goes on, you go, yeah, I know, I've had days like that too. As a matter of fact, I recently had one, you know, oh really? Well, what happened, you know? And, and then you start talking, and by the, you know, five minutes goes by, and then the guy's kind of calmed down. He's treating the person at the cash register a lot nicer and, and yep. things like that, you know, and it's, it's all in the delivery. Yeah. And, 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 and prayer, of course, you know, <laughs> um, because there are people out there that if you try to talk with them, they're going to pop you, you know. And and those are the ones that you know you just quietly go into the corner and call nine one one. And uh, <laughs> um, but most cases, you know, you you can talk people down. You can reason with people. And um, and if they're not hearing, you know, fifteen voices in their head at the same time telling them to, telling them to kill you, you know, you can you can talk people down more often than not. You know, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it right. firsthand and experienced it firsthand. And if people would just learn to do that, and especially the soft answer turneth away wrath, you know, anybody can be a smart aleck. It's in our nature to answer back in, in a in a smart aleck sort of way, you know. But it's it the the fact that you can answer back a person in a calm manner shows that that you have control over yourself, and also that the Holy Spirit has control over you too. And um, and it's not wrong to ask for help from Him. You know, sure. Lord, what do I say? Lord, how do I act? Because in situations like that, you get instant answers. <laughs> you really do. Yep. And, uh, and I'm not t- telling you anything. You've been through a lot of things like that yourself, you know, in your past ministry and stuff. And But um, we just need to learn how to talk. Now, here's here's another for instance. You know, um, I, I pass medication sometimes, and sometimes guys won't come, you know. Uh, because they're sleeping, you know, and I work on the weekend, so and everybody considers a weekend to be a time off, you know, and a day of rest. So, you know, I can ask somebody, oh, would you go down to get so and so? And they go down there and bang on the door, hey, get your, get over there and get your meds, you know. Well, nobody likes to be woken up like that, you know. Nobody, yeah. I, I would get mad too. But I, you know, you go back and you just gently knock on the door and you say their name, hey, so and so, you know, I'm sorry to bother you, you know, but it's medication time. Can you come get your meds, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there, you know. And they come yep. up, and they're nice and docile yep. and everything. But a lot of times when you somebody somebody else for them, 
you know, that person comes up, oh, that jerk woke me up and it just ruined my day. And it could make a lousy day for everybody on the unit, you know. So it's all in a delivery. It really is. And we have to learn that. And that's why that guy was kind of belittling you and stuff. You're my brother, man, and I'm going to come to your defense right away, you know. And, and uh, yeah, I made a bit of a little judgmental. But no, your your BS detector was there. You you could see the whole thing right from the start, and I could too. But it's like I wanted to give him an opportunity of grace and mercy and see what he would do with it. Well, you know what? He threw it in my face and and made it even worse. So I mean, but but what he did was uh, by his own actions and his own words and his own crazy ranting, he made it so I didn't have to explain it to anybody. Right. All of my friends on Facebook, they, they saw it for what it was. Guy starts using foul language. They starts accusing me of all this crazy crap. And I mean, it was just without foundation. Here I am being, trying to be a nice guy, reach out to him and consider everything. And I give him all this grace and mercy. And that's what he does with it. It's like, dude, thanks, man. You just helped me to not have to explain myself whatsoever. Matter of fact, you just justified why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Thank you. Well, you know, you and I um, had had three adversaries. That's what I call them now. Um, several years ago, you know, and you and I both decided, hey, we're going to kind of keep our mouth shut, not say too much. Yep. I mean, we we weren't, we weren't, you know, totally yeah, quiet. The thing is, God was not giving us any um, wiggle room there. He kept telling us, be quiet, remain right. quiet, stop, right. don't say anything, don't justify yourself, don't don't get involved in a, a don't take a defensive position, just let it go. Right. But, 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 you know, but God, you know, yeah. I mean, in my flesh, I wanted to give it. I wanted to give him the back of my hand. Yeah, I wanted to I stop know. him off. You know, the biker comes out of me. The, the uh, first responder military guy wants to come out on. on him. But no, I can't because God's not giving me any option. I don't want their problem to be my problem. I go acting in the flesh like that. You sow to the flesh. You reap to the flesh. You know what? I don't need to reap no flesh. Right. I've had enough know. of that. We sowed to the spirit. And I, after a while, I started getting emails from people. You know, what's the matter with so-and-so? You know, they're sitting around railing against you, and you guys aren't doing anything. You know, and I'm like, well, we were told not to do anything. That's why we're not doing anything. You know, we got to let the, these people reveal themselves for who they are so that you can see it. Because the last thing I want to hear, you know, is, is that, oh, you know, that, you know, we get blamed for saying something about them. You know, yeah, you don't need, you know, how do, how does, how do the people, how do people know that you are my disciples for the, how you have love for one another? So if we get caught up in all this drama and he said, she said, they said kind of crap, how is that showing anybody anything? It's not. So sometimes when you're in a situation, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So don't say anything at all. Just let it go. (laughs) Excuse me. Got it. Mm-hmm. You, you just let it go give God the time to sort it out either their activity and behavior defines themselves or there's healing and restoration you know either way it's going to work out in God's way in his time mm-hmm. yeah, for our timing I mean it took what 10 years for this to begin to even start happening so <laughs> yeah, it's been a long <laughs> it's been a long nasty what a long strange trip it's been yeah um, well, speaking about, too, go ahead. Well, you know, they tried to lay and distort and twist a lot of my words to the point where they made me look like I was a major megalomanic fruit loop. Right. 
So you heard some strange stuff. You came to me and said, Jim, I heard some really strange stuff. Can you explain this to me? Mm -hmm. And I did. And look what happened. Yeah. I got my best friend and brother all throughout all this stuff. He says, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. Well, why would they do that? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. They just did, you know? And there, there's other people that when they heard that, they dropped me like a bad habit. Never talked to me, never approached to me saying, Jim, you know, we heard some weird stuff. What do you say about that? But God had his own way of correcting everything, right. especially with the guy, you know, in 2008 or 2007. No, when, when, yeah, 2007 first, when I gave my um, speech at the, um, I think it was at the Hyatt Regency or whatever, and it was on, you know, you and I both uh, spoke there. That was pretty sure. Did I have yeah. it there? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I yeah. was there. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, I remember doing it. As a matter of fact, um, <laughs> just like yeah, yesterday. It was, it, it was on. Um, uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, Joel. Was it yeah, the army. Yeah, Joel, Joel's army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Joel fifth chapter, and um, so it was about Roswell. And some of the things that I never addressed about Roswell and what the crash signified and, and how it actually was mentioned in the Bible in Joel, uh, no, Zechariah, fourth chapter. Yeah, Zechariah, right. fourth chapter. Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, you know, we did a, a seminar on that. We had a guy come from um, Fort Bliss, Texas, or Fort Worth, Texas. God told him, come this week, uh, celebration. And you're going to meet a man that can explain everything to you. He was wanting to know how in the heck, you know, his wife had almost been abducted. They were in deliverance. They were pastors and ministries. That's um, right. And like this guy was, you know, like, Lord, how, you show me this scripture in Zechariah. I don't understand. How does that make sense? I, I, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. And that's when God told him, he says, go to Roswell this summer in July. And there'll be a man there that will be able to explain this to you. And it was me. And the person that had dropped me without talking to me, he was the first person. He says, hey, do you know any, Do you know this guy, uh, somebody that's supposed to be talking about Zechariah 5th chapter and, and the Roswell crash? He says, oh, yeah, that's Jim Wilson. He's speaking just down the uh, road there. Mm-hmm. So that was God's bug in that guy's ear to say, look, God sent somebody to specifically see him. This guy's not a crackpot. He's my prophet. Right. And so in time... This is now, you know, after all this time, and, you know, the other nefarious guy, um, Joe the Embellisher, mm-hmm. who used to work with us, who now I don't mind calling him on the carpet. He was, in long story short, we found out that uh, uh, the 400 some people that he claims that he's uh, personally worked with in an alien abduction was just 400 cases that he had as the Florida State Director for MUFON. Mm-hmm. He's actually a government shill working on the government payroll to make sure that he causes further uh, disruption and disorganization. He's the one that started the big rumor against me. Now, after, what, 15 years or so, he has been shown and proven to be the buffoon that he really is. Right. It amazes me. He still gets, uh, you know, credibility and he still has uh, programs. But everybody basically knows that um, his theology, or lack of it thereof, is hogwash. Mm-hmm. And um, we never said or did anything about it in regards to that. Again, just remaining silent. But after all these years, my ministry has been resilient, even though he brought it almost to its destruction, or it looked like it anyway. 
Right. Um, made some hard times for a lot of years, but the resilience and the support that the Lord had given me, my ministry prevailed. It got bigger and better and stronger as it went and impacted the lives of, oh my gosh, uh, thousands worldwide. Mm -hmm. So I have a trail that I'm not ashamed of now that is my work. Um, aside from, let's say, why, what makes us unique in being able to reach out to those to give them healing and restoration in their areas of dealing with the paranormal and supernatural is because I'm the first ordained minister to actually provide counseling and termination of the abduction experience, not by bringing any doctrine into it at all, but by just bringing Jesus into the picture and getting these people connected to who G the first thing that we share with everybody is quit going to UFO shows, quit watching ancient aliens, quit cut yourself completely off from all the UFO alien stuff. Get away from it. You already know enough about that stuff. You know too much about it. Right. Now you you know who Jesus is, what he did for you, and what he can continue to do to terminate and deliver you and to and set you free. This is what you need to concentrate on. So we don't bring in doctrine, uh, who the Nephilim are or, you know, what they are and what an abduction is and what it isn't. Uh, it can it involve many different facets and, and activities, some of it delusional, some of it very real. We let God sort that part out. Um, this other guy is just nothing more than a reprogrammer. It doesn't even have even the most basic understanding of counseling. So he used to give us all the real counseling situations that he couldn't address and wouldn't address. But, uh mm -hmm. You know, so many, it was just, it's, it's just totally ridiculous what yeah. we had found, been found into. But the thing is, somebody's got to be the first. Well, I'm a first. And, and why not? That's what I've been trained and taught to be, you know, from military, from, from, um, um, as a minister, you know, I, I just realized I want to fill in the gap that no one else is filling in. Well, you know what? Nobody's providing actual physical help for these people. I think I can because the same, a demonic empire that uh, has ripped people off and gotten them, you know, cross-addicted, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the biker lifestyle. I've been able to effectively minister to them at that time when we met, already 20-some years experience in doing that. So it's just, hey, it's the same enemy, different outer veneer. Let's just use the same principles, and and we make this stuff go away, too, because it's the same enemy. Exactly. And it worked. Exactly. So I taught, taught you, I taught two others how to do this. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones that do that. Nobody else does. Nobody takes cure, uh, and, and gets actively involved to know how to cure. Now, one of the crossovers is satanic ritual abuse, um, Russ Dizdar. You know, we tried to get him on our program four different times, and it was never it happened. So, you know, I know that he's looking back on, man, what's wrong with this situation? Well, I wasn't ready for you, Russ, because I didn't fully understand or appreciate your ministry. Now I do. I'd love to get him on. This guy does more in the way of effectiveness now. The differences that we might have is, you know, they're talking about altars and everything. And, and it comes down to semantics on names and use of names. It's still the same demonic en entity and empire. He's pretty much, we're on the same page with him. He's on the same page with us. We finally fit good. I think he's probably one of the best because he does like I do. I don't just talk about this. I don't just teach this. I go in as a first responder, just like he does. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't even, you know, he his military background. He was a first responder. He 
uh, did the stuff that I wasn't actually, you know, I was trained for, but I didn't actually have to do it in a combat situation where he has had that experience. So um, it's easy for him to actually take hands and get into uh, almost military style things to get these people unkidnapped, separated, and then set free emotionally, physically, spiritually. This is what he does, and this is what he knows how to do. So um, other than him, Dr. Uh, Preston and a few others that are in the satanic ritual abuse, they and two of them that we can all read, I mean, one of them that we can't even find, um, John. Uh, the, yeah. Hmm. Um, what was John's last name? John. Man, it's like he disappeared. I don't even know if he's still alive or not. You know, it's just he went through, what, a lawsuit or something and then was more or less forced to sit. Yeah, I was forced, falsely accused and labeled a heretic and a religious fanatic and everything else. And, uh, the man was just a, a wonderful, compassionate man of God, you know, just so opposite. But that's yeah. what the world does, you know, and, and he got squelched. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, you know, it's it's been a long, hard, crazy road. But, I mean, the thing is that there's only there's only three of us on this planet. And I taught the other two how to do what we do. Right. Nobody else that does it. Somebody's got to be the first. And I got stuck with it. And I'm the only one. So that makes us unique in the way. That we know how to address the emotional and the spiritual, the implications of what it means. And then not only that, let's bring the supernatural healing of God to these people and see their lives transformed and their abductions terminated. And when I say abductions, I mean, I don't, whether it be a, an orb, whether it be a ghost, a haunting, um, all the different outer veneers that the enemy likes to come and just to scare the tar out of us. Right. Um, it's the same enemy. It's the same. I don't care what the outer package is. It's the same solution that it is in the name above all names that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So this is the promise we have. This is how we bring the kingdom to them. No one else is doing this. We are doing it. So I'm not sitting there patting myself on the back or anything special. No, I'm the only one willing to pay that price. You any others are the only ones willing to pay the price to say, you know what? I want to get personally involved. I want to be personally committed. I want to help these people do something. That's the only thing that makes us unique on this. Right. Other people are just satisfied with sitting by a computer and being an expert and, and doing everything on a physical level. I'm not faulting them. That's good enough. Some of these people have taken in, in, the basic information we have, and they've gone the next generation, next step, you know, and, yeah. and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but not very many people are capable or willing to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden now, if there's a big rush, hey, I don't mind. I'm, I'm mentoring a guy right now. He has the education that I always wanted. He's a very good personal friend of mine. I've known him for, um, gosh, about eight years. Um, he's got uh, he's got a Ph.D. in uh Divinity, mm-hmm. uh, at, at a very good major theological seminary. He's got a master's degree in um, clinical psychology. I mean, he's got everything that you know the credentials want. He's just never had the opportunity to actually use them. Right. Now it's his time. I'm helping him set up the first Mark Taylor homeschooled church in Arizona. Nice. And nice. I'm going to working with him once a week to be a mentor to help him. And his wife uh, come to the place where they can um, be used. You know, I, and I didn't know this, but Mark Taylor is helping set up through using uh, uh, 
like a board of pastors to get everybody initially started in different areas uh, with support. But they don't have anybody in in um, Arizona. Right. And I said, well, I'm I'm pretty experienced at being the first of doing first. So I'll help you out. And guess what? You'll finally have a ministry, you know, that because he was telling me, he says, well, Jim, yeah, I, I've got all this education. I just haven't been able to ever use it. And one, a lot of times when I go to sermons, I go to different places. I, I can glean a little bit, but I'm already four steps ahead of any of them mm-hmm. because of what you taught me and because how you showed me and because of my education. I just, you know, my brain is quick. It's process. And I said, yeah, and you know what the key is? You got the humility, too. So not only do you have the brain that's really sharp and good, you got the anointing. Right. When you get both, you got the best of both worlds, so nothing's going to stop you. So it's like your day has arrived. Now you can begin to be a first of the first. And now you got me as a mentor to help you who knows how to do first to first. Right. So right. I'm excited. I mean, directly, I'm kind of working with Mike Taylor, and I highly respect that man and, and what he's trying to do. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, maybe he'll come on our program. Yeah, there you go. That'd be beautiful. Um, earlier, you brought up uh, deception and um, some some guy that was really into it, um, and I think that was a good segue into something that we talked about talking about tonight, but we haven't gotten to yet, and we've got plenty of time to do that. So, um, um, we were talking about the uh, coronavirus when we were offline. Mm, and yeah. um, I don't know if you guys got it. I sent it to you. It's a map. Did you get that? Yeah, I see it. Oh, that, that um, is that is a NASA map of um, of pollution levels um, as measured from space. Um, one of them, the the left side is prior to the coronavirus, and the right side is today. <laughs> um, and, and to describe it to the people, you know, it has um, it, it's color coded and um, it's a, it's a satellite map, but uh, it has orange, and then it has a, a darker reds, and then it has almost like a brown color. And the brown is where the the worst pollution is. And oh, and, I see that, yeah. And uh, so anyway, uh, China was a pretty bad mess when it came to, to air pollution and stuff uh, prior to the coronavirus. Uh, but on the right hand side is is a, a current map within the last couple of days or so, and it looks like China doesn't produce anything. <laughs> Um, well, they're all they're all in lockdown, so there's no right. There's not a lot of cars running. There's probably not a lot of factories, you know, mm-hmm. uh, producing anything. And or there's that's, not a lot of people that work anymore. Um, right. I, sorry, I didn't mean to say that with a, a laugh, but you know, it's just uh, we we had been talking before the show, folks, about how uh, Jim made a comment, and he said, you know, he says when the mainstream media is downplaying something that you know, we, we feel is kind of serious, then something's up, you know, and, and I have, you know, there are, some, there's some mainstream media that's, that's kind of worried about this. You can tell by the way they talk, but well, well, they are now, I mean, yeah. initially it was now downplayed. They're, now they're now, up to the point where I'm starting to wonder, are they doing this to manipulate the economy? Um, right. You know, hoping that, you know, I mean, cause this is going to, this could very much crash the economy. I mean, so much stuff comes from China that isn't coming from China. Or if you're in my experience, like I had today, um, oh my God. <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, uh, two days ago, um, I forgot that my son 
uh, who's staying in my mobile home park, we, we shut down the, the old cable that I had. So he took the box and everything and I picked it up. So I'm waiting for the mailman to deliver this box so I can put it away and, and send it back, you know, through the mail, through uh, UPS. So I see this box two days ago and I'm going, Oh no, 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 no. Get it out of here. Is that from China? He said, no. Oh, Oh, is that, does it say dish network on it? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. Bring it in. <clears throat> and so today, today, my postman, not my regular postman, some new person works working probably, you know, because of the weekend or something. Oh no, today's Monday. Um, she's, <clears throat> she's already put my Epoch newspaper through the mail slot on the floor. And with her bare hands, she's got this other package. And I looked at it and I said, is that from China? She says, well, I don't know where it's at. Why? I said, Cause, because last week that thing left China and now it's on my front porch. I don't want it. Don't put it in my box. Don't put it anywhere. So she didn't. You know, she, you know, bare hands, she tucked it back in the mail pouch. And I said, aren't you concerned about that? Well, what do you mean? I said, the coronavirus, aren't you concerned that mail just came through and you're touching it with your bare hands? She started laughing hysterically at me like I was just some loony tune or something. And uh, I said, no, you send that back. I don't want it. Do not deliver it here. Don't put it through my chute. Uh, I don't want it here at all. Right. So so then I go down and, I, you know, I'm wiping down the rails as I'm going down. Um, and then. I picked up the newspaper with my hand. She just had her hands all over that package and then grabbed the newspaper and put it through my mail slot. I pick it up with my hand. I turn around and I brush the paper up into my in my forehead and then it smashes down into my mustache and beard. I'm going, oh, my God, what am I doing? So I ran upstairs. I made sure I didn't touch anything. Um, I put it in my sink. I literally baptized this with bleach. Then I had this spray thing, and I'm spraying it on my face all over the place, you know. Uh, and it had, uh, it was uh, an oven cleaner, and it was Comet, Comet oven cleaner. I mean, Comet—that's the best name in the world for you know, saturating something in in uh, chlorine. So mm -hmm. um, then I grab, then I grab um, a handful of uh, Clorox. And I shove it all over my face. I get soapy water and soap it all up and make it such. Then I grab another handful and shove it into my beard and my mustache. And I'm sitting here shampooing it up, you know, lathering it up and everything. And then I took everything um, in a rag and wiped me all myself down, put it into a plastic uh, stretch uh, garbage bag, then put gloves on, went downstairs, wiped. I mean, I wiped my whole um, staircase, stairway from ceiling to, to floor. I sprayed the floor. I sprayed the, um, the whole glass on the inside, outside of my front door. Then I sprayed the sidewalk right in front of my area. Then I sprayed the brick next to the sidewalk. I mean, saturated it, dripping wet with, with, uh, Clorox, um, sprayed, I mean, everything so that there was like a kill zone. <laughs> of everything in front of my yard. My my main concern was I'm not worried about me. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the unsaved individual that's going to walk by and maybe touch my door or have their shoes touch 
the ground and God knows, you know, traipse up maybe some of the virus on their foot, bring it into their home and kill their family and friends. I don't know how much this is going to affect everybody. I don't want to be responsible for any of it. I'm not concerned about me. I'm concerned about the people that are unprotected that are, and could end up being innocent victims. So I make this kill zone. Man, you walk through here, everything that you've got on your feet dies. Um, and, you know, if you lean on the brick, I got the brick saturated. I got it everywhere that that uh, uh, a person her height could have possibly reached anywhere. Right. And I mean, just wiped it out. I mean, I went nuts. I spent probably a half an hour doing all of this. Um, I don't regret it. I'm glad I did. It was good practice, but it made me realize even I know better. I've been preparing this for some time now. I, mean, I got the masks, the the, the good quality ones. Uh, Eric, what did you say they were called? Well, they'd be N N95 class uh, mask. Right. I got a whole case full of them. Um, you know, I got the, the eye protection glasses, um, the duct tape. I mean, the the surgical gloves. I got everything. I'm ready. I'm prepared because it might be two months that we're going to have to, you know, actually, this might be our reality. We're going to have to live that way for a while. Right. I'm believing. I'm totally believing that my place, my body is a temple of life, not death. Mm -hmm. My place is not going to be an object of death. God is can and will heal all of us completely. I have no problem with that, believing that. Knowing what I know, the, the prophecies of um, Mark Taylor, Kim Clement, um, they've already spoke. They've already you know, assured that there's something big that's going to happen in Detroit. And it actually is triggered off, I think, by some virus. Is it this one or not? I don't know. I think we'll have a very short time to find out for sure. Yeah. But if it is, I want to be ready. I, I'd rather be ready than stupid and careless. But it, it alarms me that they have no hold on mail from China? Right. Seriously? And nothing right. to protect? I mean, that thing got here in no difficulty at all. Well, they, they, don't, they don't want to disrupt the economics of things going on. You, you can really, really kind of tell this because oh, they – it's, to it's do that, it's, it's just going to wreak havoc on the economy. So it's telling yeah. me that uh, money is more important than people. Yep. Well, it's, you know? the thing is that, that um, there's a momentum already going. They, they're too afraid to undo. And you're right, it, it, but it's already having an effect. It I is. Mean, nothing is being produced in China. Um I truly do not believe they did this as a ploy against themselves to wipe, you know, anybody out. This has been so detrimental to them. They were finally engaged in some active uh, negotiations with Trump. Trump was actually making them a graceful way out of this so that they would still win. We would still win. Everybody was a winner. Nobody was a loser. That's just the way Trump deals with with people. And he was doing this for China. So China, at their point of of finally having a good deal set for them. Now, this torpedoes everything. Totally. Right. Right. It does. And I, you know, they have a level four biological weapons lab or web or lab where they work on viruses oh. there. So I, I, ha I have a hard time believing that they would want to disperse that into their own. No, this was, a, I think, a, a total mistake. And the thing is that that the company that has the patent, oh, because there is a patent on it already. It's an American company. It's one that Bill Gates had supported in its early stages and um, continue to support all the way through. They are the ones that created this virus. So they have right. a cure. They already uh -huh. got a cure. That comes with a patent. Any yeah. time you know that they make anything in the United States, it, it, you know, they, 
whatever they create, they create the antibody for it too. The problem is this thing is morphing. It has almost a sentient way of surviving so that it defends itself from dying by continuing to morph. So whatever it was in China is not what's being spread around the world. In every, probably in Europe, it's a little dip, different than what's going to end up in the United States. It's it's well, morphing and adapting to. No, go ahead. Here's, here's the here's the other thing. I mean, there have been reports of um, people that have gotten it, you know, but they're recovering, they're fine, but then they're getting reinfected again. And then they, and then they're oh. dead within weeks. Yes. Oh, it's, just, it's weird. What, yeah. What about so, the that's, reports that's, that I hear about children not getting it, it, it targeting older people, but not children. What? Well, well that seems to resilience too, though. Huh? Uh, go ahead. Children, children have the the best resilience against this. Yes, but see, One they're is, acting as super spreaders, basically. Um, they're not having the right. symptoms of it. Even their carriers, that's the sad reality of this. And even pets, too, guys. Um, pets can be carriers and be completely, uh, have no issues. So that's the sad reality of what's going on. Well, and the shame of it is that, in, especially, I don't know where you guys are at, but in my area, we have had um, a flu that has all the symptoms of the um Coronavirus. Yeah, I know I had it. I mean, but it's not, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's and it's horrible. Um, but I mean, it's survivable. It's it's just a very annoying. You know, my my grandkids have gotten it to each other back and forth because they're just little germ magnets that you know spread things back and forth to each other. And so they've never they've been dealing with this for three months now, back and forth, back and forth. And my other uh, nep, uh, grandkids, you know, they get together on a, a birthday, and that's all it takes. You know, they're all. The next thing, a few days later, they're all sick. My son just um, a few, a week ago, come up, just shook my hand, hugged me. And a half hour after he left, I'm sitting there wheezing and hacking and coughing. And the next day, I've got a high fever temperature. And um, I broke out in a rash thing on my face. And I'm going, oh, my God, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you and I got the chemtrail flu at one time. So I think we're more susceptible. Oh, gosh, yeah, when we yeah. were in uh, Oswell and got sprayed on, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had the flu-like symptoms the next day. I mean, I mean, entire um, schools were shut down and everything because uh, every had, everybody had flu-like symptoms. This was like a – it was like uh, angel hair that you have, you know, used to put on Christmas trees. It was like fiberglass. Yeah. This was like reddish-looking fiberglass. And it just came down on everybody. It was at tree trap level when anybody even noticed it. And it was just like, yeah, I'm on my motorcycle. I'm driving my motorcycle in Roswell, and these chemtrails came down. And you know, I mean, what? What? <laughs> that sounds so crazy, but it happened. I mean, and the next day, everybody's sick with a flu. I was School on an airplane flying to Mexico City, and the airplane was flying through the stupid chemtrails. Oh, and you know they pull that stuff in from outside. You know the, yeah, it's impossible yeah. to filter that air because after a while the whole cabin's going to be filled with carbon dioxide. It keeps so, recycling. Yeah. Yeah. So they pull it in. Uh, yeah. And I, I got to Mexico City, and the whole time I was there, I had wheezing, coughing. I couldn't get rid of. I was like, I'm gonna. I was. I was actually scared, thinking that that Lourdes's. Uh, relatives were going to think I had TB, and that they were going to say, "No, you can't get married." But um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, 
you know, I got over it, but I get uh, bronchitis real easy anymore. You know, I just have to have somebody around me that's got a cold that breathes on me and bam, I got it, you know, and, uh, well, I, I, you know, I don't mean to, um, you know, rain on your parade or anything like that as far as what you guys been getting sick with, but for some reason, um, this fall and this winter, I have literally had nothing. Well, that's good. Hallelujah. Nothing. Oh, you're you're the you're the one of the few guys that I've heard that have been not affected whatsoever. That's pretty cool. Can I get a transfusion? But, well, <laughs> yeah, can I can I slap some of your blood, man? <laughs> well, you, you know what my secret is. I don't know if it's a secret or not, but I eat one meal a day. Oh. Uh huh. I don't snack. I've yeah. been doing that. I've been doing that, and there's something being in a fasted state uh, supercharges your immune system. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably are onto something there because I know I'm right. fasting. I'm sure, certainly, uh, you know, I'm cruising on a different level than I am. But I'm doing I'm doing it every day. I, I mean, I, I live it every day. Wow. Every day mm-hmm. for a year probably- now. People I think I'm crazy. Well, it's no, not like I, I, I don't do any caloric restriction or anything like that, but I just combined what you know what you normally should have in three meals into one large meal, or I might have two smaller meals that are separated out a little bit, but it's still within a you know a six hour window or something like that. But right. I, I don't know what to tell you. I just thrive. I'm just yeah. thriving in, in every aspect. Um, so. Well, that's good. So it's been weird. Like even our uh, daycare, uh, my wife has an in-home daycare, and uh, yeah, all the kids got smoked. They're uh, they're sick, mm-hmm. and we're, we got we have nothing. I'm fine. My kids are fine. These my are wife factors. has not. My wife has not been fine. She's been sick, but she's kind of made. She's tough as uh, nails. She just works through everything. So, mm-hmm. but right now, me. They say that you know if you're um, over 60, that's a that's a potential candidate for fatalities because you're gonna you know your body slowed down, you're not gonna work as quick or hard. If you have a heart condition and if you have um, uh, diabetes, yeah. So I, yep. now, here's the thing though, I don't accept the the heart condition anymore. I got a new heart on. Um, Valentine's Day of all days, you know, it was I was at a meeting and and that's the way it turned out and that's what I'm accepting. Now from that, I was still taking my heart medication, and one morning I did and I was just so dizzy I couldn't, you know, I literally had to crawl to the kitchen so I could take my uh, blood sugar. I thought it might have been down to like 70 or something, you know, and, and I wanted to check it. It was 135, so it wasn't had nothing to do with sugar balance or anything. So. Right. Um, after that, I have not taken any medication at all. To me, that was a sign. Look, you got a new heart, quit taking the medication. You don't need it. Most of that stuff is drawn other. The reason the blood thinners are uh, thinning your blood is because they're taking nutrients from other parts of your body, doing your body more harm than good by taking that. I read up on all that. I got it. And so I have been, I've got a huge reserve of all kinds of, um, vitamins and and other antioxidants and all kinds of extra goodies so i've been taking all of this according to what i've been studying so i you know i've been doing that part but i quit all my medication to me that was a sign of god look you got a new heart quit 
start acting like it. Don't nice. take this anymore. Stuff is no good for you. And you know what's happened, guys? Ever since I did that, I have more clarity in my mind. I have more stamina. Um, I'm feeling good in spite of this flu. I'm feeling good. And you remember I used to tell you how I'm getting the, the uh, chest pains and then it would come into my arm? Yep. And my cardiologist is saying, dude, you're having a heart attack. You've got a neuropathy from, and the neuropathy is deadening everything. I have had the signs this week, being sick all week, one time. And it was because I was already upset. And, I'm re- and what I was upset for, God was just reminding me, hey, the reason you had heart condition before is because of this temper. Let it go. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And the moment I did, and I confess it, I'm back. Yes, forgiveness. Boom, gone. I have not had any any feelings whatsoever since then, in spite of all this other you know activity going on and everything. No, the Lord showed me. Okay, you you've got a new heart. Live like you got a new heart. You don't need this medication anymore. Don't take it. So I don't do it spurious. You know, I want to hear from God. I want to make sure that my steps are directed by Him. That I don't just you know um, do it without hearing from him well to me okay this was my answer to my prayer i heard from you you know what i'm not supposed to take this anymore i'm good i don't need it now now when the neuropathy leaves my feet i'm getting back on a motorcycle (laughs) i know what such such a cheesy you know that's that's your whole purpose and reason yeah it is i started out as a christian on a motorcycle and i want to uh, you know, I'm coming close, not that I'm trying to sound like a fatalist, but I'm coming close to the end of my ministry and my purpose and my reason for being here. I know it and I'm happy with it. My gosh, I've already done way more than I ever could imagine or dream, but I got a few more things to do yet. And I'll, I'll do them. But um, on a motorcycle too. Cool. I, that's what I just, I can't help it. I want it. So somewhere out there, there's a 1947 Harley Davidson knucklehead FL. Uh, a full-blown 1200cc uh, chopper with an electric start because I am there's some things I mean you know I'm I'm so kind of like don't have the upper body strength or any of the strength that I used to have when I was young so it's like that's just part of entropy so I don't need to be kicking over a bike anymore um, I just need to push a button and and I'm good whoa little chipmunk that's your doggy right uh yeah it's one of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I, I know that sounds, you know, if that's the most carnal thing I got to look forward to, then let me have it. You know, it's it's cool. I want I want to get back on a motorcycle, so I can't wait. Yeah, an old school Harley chopper. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Guys, I am holding in my arms a ten week old Yorkie puppy. <laughs> that I, <laughs> we're, we're, we're dog sitting and uh, uh, cute and, little things. Uh, oh yeah, she's he's adorable and Piper, but. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what my favorite? What? You know what my favorite little ankle biters are? Are dachshunds. Dachshunds. Yeah, we've got Not a weenie. Those things are interesting. Oh, <laughs> a weenie? Yeah, oh chihuahua wiener dog. <laughs> oh my really? Gosh. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, does it's it a bark, big thing now. Does it bark in a Spanish, um, German accent or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I found we have found that um, that uh, these things are therapy. You know, a dog will a dog, unlike people, you know, will will treat you with respect, no matter and love, no matter what you've done. You know, it it's 
you know, people people will forgive, but a lot of times they won't forget. You know, but uh, my my cat treats me with love and respect as long as I feed her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are they're therapeutic. My my cat is my little girl, and um, everybody says I spoil her because she's well. They say she's fat. I say she's fluffy. There you go. She's a little big. I yeah. spoil her. I spoil the heck out of her. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, we with this uh, with this um, virus that's coming around, you know, we Barbara and I both talked about it. And we're like, you know what? If if it happens, it happens. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was <clears throat> I had the um, pleasure, and I'm using that sarcastically, uh, of talking with a brother the other day, and he he tends to look at the negative side of things quite often, and and we were talking, you know, we we're talking about, you know, this radio ministry, you know, and and he says, well, why do you do that? And I says, well, you know, I says, I, we want to make people aware of things that are going on and, and what to look out for. And he goes, yeah, but if those things are going to happen, why are you even warning people? You know, and I'm like, well, it's I feel myself, it's my duty to um, to be there for my my wife, my children, my grandchildren. And to be there to protect them. And if I can protect them by giving them knowledge that will help them stay out of certain situations, <clears throat> or maybe um, if they're attacked or something spiritually or whatever, to uh, be able to fight that off, I said, that's an invaluable thing, you know. And he goes, well, yeah, but, you know, the Lord takes care of it. And I'm like, yes, he does. But, you know, what, you, what you're suggesting is that we sit back and do nothing. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, sometimes we we have to pick up the shovel. Yeah, the shovel. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Several years ago, um, I was involved in a men's Bible study, and we had this guy in there that I, I didn't care for too much. But you know, you put up with people because they're your brothers and they're your sisters, you know. And, and uh, we were talking about self-defense. We were talking about uh, guns and carrying guns and stuff like that. It was a guy's Bible study, so that's what we talked about. Um, so, anyways, his um, I says. Uh, you know, I said, I, I think it's it's important to protect your loved ones. And he goes, well, I, I would never shoot anybody if they were attacking me or somebody else. And and another brother said to him, said, OK, here's a scenario. Uh, there's a guy that breaks into your house and he's going to kill your wife and kids. And you have a chance to pick up a gun and do it. What would you do? He goes, I wouldn't shoot him. And, oh, yeah, like, well, what, what, what are you talking about? You wouldn't shoot him. Well, you know what? They're saved and they're going to heaven. You know, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I said, I am so glad that you're not my father. Yeah. <laughs> and and I said, you know, the Bible gives us a charge to take care of our loved ones. Yep. What, what is one uh, man that doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel? You know, and that's not just supporting them, um, uh, you know, money-wise and stuff like that with food, clothing and stuff. That's supporting their lives, you know, their their very existence of being. You know, and if you don't do that, my goodness, you're you're worse than an infidel. And uh, it's funny that the Bible uses that word, isn't it? It's so prevalent among among Islam. Yet the Bible it actually says infidel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. One of the I, translations. I never, yeah. I never looked at the original language on that. I probably should just because it is an interesting word that they do use. But um, you know, I'm not saying that a person cannot actually be in a spiritual place where they can say that and do that because you know, that's what happened with the first century Christians. If you can imagine them being fed to the lions and they went with their arms 
raised and praising Jesus, you oh, know. Sure. Um, yeah. But but that's a little different. I you know I I don't want to put God in a box. Maybe some people can actually be in that place. But you know what? I hate to say it. I'm I'm not one of that people. Right. Um, as much as I'd love to lead you to Jesus, I'll send you to him, sucker. You can come into my house and and, and uh, hurt my um, my wife or kids. <laughs> no, you're you're going. You can talk to Jesus. I give you a God implant right now. It's a forty caliber God implant. You can immediately go and talk to God and explain it to him yourself. That's right. Because uh, I don't care. You're not taking my family out. I'm going to defend them. Right. Right. But I just, you know, I'm I'm just amazed at the uh, the attitude of some people. You know, it's just, you know, that's not the first um, uh, person I've heard say that that's a Christian. Um, I would. I've, I've come across a few other ones that are, they're like that. They're like they they almost look like owning a gun is evil. Um, well, you know, I don't. I actually don't own a gun, but I am pro Second Amendment. I just you know I've I've lived in a area of the country where it hasn't necessarily been other than hunting it hasn't been really necessary um right, but right uh so a little probably a little different situation like where you live jim and stuff like that but um <laughs> yeah my, it is right yeah. i mean there's a contrast I, I i understand it so i i grew up in a neighborhood called brightmore section of detroit and i mean it is considered one of the most dangerous cities in the entire world and believe me, it lives up to its reputation. So after growing up, I mean, it was Hillbilly Haven back in the day when I was a kid, but it was still a ghetto, forgotten, despised community of people um, that was ignored by everyone and every everything. Now it's predominantly black. Um, they pretty much burned down everything that had any uh, value. So it's almost returning back to a little house on the prairie. But it, it, they're boastfully proud about it being the most dangerous city, one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Um, and it lives up to the reputation. So the neat thing about it for me is after growing up there, after having a ministry for almost a decade there, lived there for 15 years, nothing on this planet scares me anymore. Right. There's no city that I can't go to after surviving Brightmore. Uh, you know, it's like after that, everything else is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad. And and when I'm working with with uh, a lot of the inner city uh, people in, in Detroit down at Shane, which is on the east side, so it's not the west side. Um, when they find out that I grew up and pastored, you know, and, and lived in um, uh, Brightmore most of my life, it's like they have a whole new level of respect for me. It's just, well. Well, well, you know about the hood. Uh-huh. <laughs> and go, yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm I'm not just some white suburban guy that's coming down here to help you that has never, you know, no, I, I know the hood, believe me. So I get a whole new level of, of respect. They open up because they, they know that I know their hurts because I've experienced the same thing growing up in a uh, in an environment like that. Right, right. So I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I had that, you know, that background. I'm kind of like the... Uh, uh, what the um, I guess you'd call it the, the oh I hate to use that term so let me think of a different term to use I won't say apostle but I mean uh, a new beginning guy for um, for the hood for the blue collar guy right that's what I am I and I'm not ashamed of it anymore I used to try to hide it away because um, that always caused pain and and um, 
persecution and everything if they found out that i you know strung that neighborhood now it's like hey man that's my calling i'm glad that i'm part of that um i have everything i can be because i can go into the hood and i can give this message to them they need it just as much as anybody else on this planet and i enjoy it and love it it's just who i am and what i'm supposed to be but i mean at the same time you've seen me at roundtable discussions with some of the most brilliant theological minds in the world i'm comfortable there too yeah that's right so i i love my yeah you're you're a unique person well i I guess i am aren't i but i mean in, in all humility i appreciate now who i am and why i am and we all should be doing more of that it's uh it's what I call quantum nostalgia. You know, we take the smallest details of our entire life, whether it was meant to destroy us or to uh, make good. Everything has caused each one of us to be where we are now in the role and the person who we are. It was in preparation. So good or bad, by taking a nostalgic look, a bittersweet look at our past and every little detail, we can appreciate and be healed from that past because we are who we are today, which is what God says. You're ready. You're ready for the biggest fight of your life. You're ready to the ultimate victory to be the overcomers that are overcome the God of this world and his realm. You're going to help bring it down. You're going to help destroy it. Right. That's exciting for each one of us to know that we have a, a unique part of it. So my part might be different and bigger or, you know, a guy that starts new beginnings, but it's still just a part. I'm just a part of a piece to a bigger picture that mm-hmm. meets all of us. We can't do this alone. We can't do it by ourselves. We all need each other. I actually think there's a spiritual way of looking at Petra. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this. Petra, Petra was a place in Israel. Um where the city was carved into stone and had secret chambers and places where the Jews being fled from persecution fled into this city carved in stone and found refuge and safety. Now, remember I used to think that, that you were going to be leading a group of people back to Petra in Israel. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to Israel. Right. We are Petra. Mm-hmm. Our hearts are carved in the stone of the rock of Jesus. Right. And we, when we come together as fellowship, community of fellowship, we are Petra. Mm-hmm. Each one of us com- combined together in that kind of unity of fellowship, we're Petra. That's right. <clears throat> Safe refuge is in Him carved in the rock. Our hearts are carved in His, in, in Him, in the rock. We're Petra. Man, that's kind of cool. I think that is just like so cool. Yeah, that's so, pretty you know, awesome. You know, sorry, I, you know, I I don't want to spoil your trip to Israel, but, uh, you know, you don't need to. We're Petra. You're just going to be leading people to hear one another in unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what our radio show does. I like to think so anyway. Oh, We're yeah, helping definitely. to bring this as a so, Definitely. I agree. 100%. And again, that's that's what makes our part a little bit unique. You know, we, we are doing something that we're experienced with, and that is experience in the healing, experience in deliverance, experience in bringing the kingdom to meet individual needs. Right. Definitely. Oh. Definitely. So oh. we have five minutes until pumpkin time. 
Yeah. I just thought I'd bring it up. That's all. Not that I'm I saying know, we got to. Um, you know, in my my own way here, I'm I'm at pumpkin time. <laughs> 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 I have to I have to go back to work after being off for a while because of this injury. I got to go back tomorrow, so um, it's it's going to be an interesting time. Um, we'll see what happens, but um, I'm just you know, it's it's awful funny, you know, when when a lot of people when they 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 are injured or they get hurt they they sit around and think about you know how bad it is you know but another way of looking at it is well this could have happened that could have happened it could have been much worse right and i yeah. guess you would call that a glass half empty versus a glass half full kind of mentality it's you know much it's much life is much better when you can look at the half full part yeah and Basically, just, in my life, I was a half-empty guy, but now I'm a half-full guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, I was thinking about it. And I went, well, I could have gotten a pneumothorax. I could have broken more than I broke. Um, you know, I could be sitting here with pneumonia uh, because of it and things mm-hmm. like that. And the Lord has just walked me through. And um, and it's been it's just been wonderful. So I'm I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that I still have employment to go to. Um, and, and there's just so many good things that have come from this. And, um, I'm just going to continue to look at it that way. And, w- cause what else can I do? You know? So anyway, having said that, um, maybe we should, we could wrap it up a little early. Hey, uh, uh, Derek, is there any new QAnon stuff? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, tell us. I mean, you got five minutes. Yeah. Minutes. No, no. I just uh, <laughs> Dave had before the show uh, asked me about that in general, and uh, he had told me how he had felt bad last time because he kind of put me on the spot, and I didn't really have any new information on it. And uh, and then you go and ask the very same question at the end of the show. So, <laughs> uh, so I just find that kind of humorous. I don't. Uh, having any new info at this point, uh, so I don't have anything more to say. There hasn't been too much posted um, as of lately. So yeah, this coronavirus is pretty much yeah. I up most of the topic. Yeah, I suspect that they were on the verge of really starting to move on that on that stuff on the arrest, probably maybe, and then you know, powers that be really, you know, this this virus thing. You know, they they released it on purpose. You know, I'm not saying the Chinese did, per se, no, the but, elite, the but the elite did. You know, right. you know, mm-hmm. they they obviously had access to these facilities or whatever, because um, yeah. there's no, you know, I I just don't see how. Well, I I realize that the the Chinese Communist Party controls China and it's communism, and you know they have killed their own people, but you know I. I don't understand how you would want to basically collapse your own economy um, no, I, in the process. I, it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't appear to be that way. I, I don't get no. that sense. But you know, it makes you think um, what will happen to China now. You know, through this virus. I mean, yeah. you know, will will because I know that Kim Clement echoed that a huge that revival. There, there would be a day coming where China will support Israel. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's hard. To, it's hard to hard to believe, you know, looking at it with the Communist Party in power. But 
if you're starting to notice something and I'm I'm starting to notice a pattern of something, I notice that leaders in countries like Iran that um, are not so good, they're getting this virus and they're dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to notice that. And I don't know if the, you know, the post that Dave gave me about uh, Pope Francis uh, having um, Corona is true or not. Uh, But I know he is sick. Mm -hmm. So, and I know Mm -hmm. some of his aides are sick as well. Right. So, um, not that I wish ill on anybody, but it just seems to me that if it's killing people that are the, you know, I don't know if I wouldn't call the Pope the elite, um, but, you know, they, they are definitely puppets right. in this plan. Right. If they're getting killed off, then, you know, that must be part of the plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you don't hear any of this, but um, from any of the missionaries I know that went over to China, there's an outpouring of God's spirit, there's a revival going on. But if it continued on, they were saying that the next great giant uh, Christian nation is going to be China. Well, it, it already is going to be. Um, yeah. It is because, you know, and I know we mentioned this uh, gentleman before, John uh, MacArthur, I think, the guy that doesn't believe in the spiritual gifts. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, he, actually, he actually did a wonderful segment on China, and he actually made an interesting statement. Um, you know, you have all these, you know, in the United States or other places um, where they try to expand Christianity and it doesn't seem to grow very well. But then you go to China and they'll kill you, you know, uh, for Christianity, the, the Communist Party will. And the pers- the massive persecution that goes on that comes with it. Right. And basically the statement that he made was that. Uh, what did he say? The blood of the martyrs becomes the seed of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. With yep. persecution, the gospel expands. Oh, There's yeah. massive expansion. It that seems that yep. seems to be a catalyst. Yep. And that's what's you know kind of missing here in the United States. Yeah. Do we have yep. some forms of persecution? Yeah. But you know, I can still go to church and all that stuff. And you know, pretty much everybody just kind of leaves me alone right now. <laughs> But John, John MacArthur is an awesome teacher. Just he is. So and, Holy Spirit, don't just yeah. You know, just be quiet from and a, listen. From a yeah. Reformed theology standpoint, a Calvinist standpoint, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But yeah, I, I can understand the gift thing. Um, but there has to be a catalyst in the United States to start the revival. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's you know the economy crashing or um, you know, this virus or when you see some kid, mechanism of persecution that changes it, but there's got to be a catalyst for it. Right. You know, I think, I think when these things do finally hit, they're going to be like dominoes. It's not going to be just one thing. We're going to be faced with three or four things all at one time, probably a national collapse of the, the American dollar. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Ezekiel 38 uh, invasion. I mean, all these things are going, 
like yeah. you know, all at one time. You'll, and they're all it, actually somehow interrelated in the economy collapsing, the, the UN coming in, you know, and, and establishing some peacekeeping force for a short time in our country. I mean, you're going to use the pretense that, you know, okay, you guys are riding, you're on the verge of civil war. Um, you have the largest nuclear uh, arsenal in the world. So we're coming to establish peace and order because we don't want this falling in the hands of terrorists. And their definition of terrorism is going to be way big different than what we would define terrorists. They because they point at you and me as a potential terrorist threat. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I just don't understand. So like Mark Taylor echoed the comment about you know that you know everything that's been robbed and stolen from the United States being returned back to the United States, oh, yeah. not yeah. not not one time, but sevenfold. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. So, you know, how do you collapse an economy and then? have all that return i suppose if it entails destroying the federal reserve in the process if maybe have, that well that would okay that now the, the federal reserve banking system is what we're trying to get out from under anyway so yeah if that collapses whoopee great deal man now we're out from the elite and the man controlling and privatizing our um economy right no now, private no private bank controlling everything right. now so that's one of the things, but I think where the biggest thing is that um, this new age poofing away of all of the elite, this does it. All those properties, all that resource, all that power, all the assets, they're going to be left for the church, not for anyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is where we get it. Yeah. And, 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 um, it's going to be literally an opportunity to make America great again. This is where some way, somehow, I'm going to have an audience in here with um, Trump. Oh, man. Mind him that if you really want to make America great again, now you've got all these assets. Please, please honor every American Indian's treaty that we never kept. Honor them with giving them the best of the land and letting them go back and get them off the darn reservations and let them live the way they should rightfully live as free individual citizens of America that now, look, we're sorry. You take this land. It's the best. You pick out what you want, where you want it. You can have it. To each tribe all over America, you want to see America become great again? You do that, and America cannot help but to be great again. Yeah. Because we're honoring the first Americans and giving them the rightful respect that, that they should have. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool, man. We talk about having good allies, loving yeah. your enemies. I mean, uh, For sure. And they're not our enemies. My God, they're not. They, they have endured so much. They're prisoners of war. Literally. That's what, you know, they got a number yeah. and they got to stay in a certain location. Why? Because they're prisoners of war. They're still are. That's right. Let's set them free, man. You want real reparations? There's people you get reparations for because they're still suffering. Uh, what used to be slaves 200 years ago, they've never known slavery today. Be just like my Viking cousins that plundered, you know, all of Europe. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they're uh, yeah, how how much is dead is dead. You know, whether it be 500 years or 200 years. You know, if you're going to give those people reparation, you know the descendants of slaves then how about the descendants of uh victims from uh the uh the nordics uh you know not just yeah i'm not going to say just the danish but you know the the um scandinavians yeah all of yeah all of the vikings mm -hmm. you know they plundered pillaged raped uh heck they kept their own people as prisoners too indentured servants pretty much the same difference 
Yeah. Um, they took slavery on a whole different level, made it into an industry. Uh, yeah, but then you, you know, go back to the Romans and you can go back to the Babylonians. Well, that's what I'm saying. How far back yeah. do you go? You know, yeah. so it's like we're all going to give each other reparations. Yeah. That doesn't make it. Why don't we just call it sense. even? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, just write it off. Yeah. And then the ones that are only the only ones that are still victims are the American Indians. So how about if we do them a favor and, and honor and respect them? Right. right. Hey, guys, you've got do... two minutes over pumpkin time. Three minutes. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, well let's sound so, the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to turn orange. I was wondering why. Now I know. Yeah, the orange man. <laughs> <laughs> I am an, an orange man. And what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, guys. Well, um, I guess until we meet again. Hey, what do you say? Uh, maybe next week uh, with a possible change of sequence. How about if we talk about conspiracies and technology? Technology okay. is probably going to be used to against us and how the development of it has been in sections and series. I mean, because we can talk about some stuff that's probably already in existence that just, uh, it sounds almost as crazy 5G. as time, uh, yeah. time traveling. Yes, 5G is a good example, too. Yeah, um, that would be a good example. Let's, let's talk about all this stuff next week. Okay, okay. sounds good. We got right, it, folks. Cool. Be here next week. So, And I hope you enjoyed our show tonight. Um, I, we really tried to uh, explain what we do, why we do, and how we do it, and I think we did it. Bloody good job of being able to do that. A bloody good job. Yes, we did. Bloody yes, we did. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, audience, have a blessed week. Uh, You two guys have a blessed week. Uh, Stay safe. Stay sound. Drive carefully. Um, Wipe everything uh, down. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, wipe everything down. (laughs) And and, uh, the Lord protect us and keep us and... um, Make his face to shine unto us and be gracious unto us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good night, everybody. God bless. Good night, y'all. Good night.